chapter 119. We're going to be getting back there. We're going to be kind of getting back to that spot as we talk a little bit about what David had to share that um, Eric just read for us a little bit ago. And thank you again for being here and being a part of things. We're in our rising teaching series, and today I want to talk a little bit about how we can rise by understanding and knowing God's word a bit more. And I want to just say right off the bat, ultimately, um, we have to find time for God's word if we're going to have God's word have a place in our life. You guys understand what I'm saying? And, And what we know is it's both easier than it's ever been to get a hold of God's word, and yet it's harder to find time in our schedules to get a hold of God's word at the same time. It's this dichotomy. It's this tug of war. Um, It's because there's so much that's pulling our attention in the different directions that we have to make time. We have to carve out time in order for us to find time for God's word to have a hearing in our daily lives. If you guys agree with that so far, can I get an amen, right? Amen. Okay, so here's what I don't want. First of all, I don't want my cup to turn over when I'm moving this. I also don't want you and I to leave here today feeling beat down because of maybe uh, uh, something that we had hoped to be better at in our life. Because I think for most of us, even if you're a person who reads the scriptures on a very regular basis and reads them quite a bit, you probably would like to have be able to say, you know, I read the scriptures more than I actually, you know, do. It's just something that you'd prefer to do more of than you're probably doing no matter what level you're doing that at. Would you guys all agree with me? You know what I'm saying, right? And for most of us, we have a hard time finding a place in our schedule to put God's word in so it can get into us and change us from the inside out. Now, I want to be very clear about something. I'm teaching and preaching about rising, about planning and acting and building on those things that we've begun. And I just want to share with you, this is not to beat you down. This is not to make you feel guilty. This is not to in any way, you know, kind of have you leave from this place going, oh, I just feel terrible about what I'm not doing. I'm hopeful that instead we'll be encouraged about what we can do and just kind of reminded of those things that we need to do and find that spot in our schedules for. I want to share with you also this thing. The truth of the matter is, is that I believe with all of my heart that there are very, very few things that can change you on the level of God's word. The only thing that I can think of is making a commitment to Christ and living for him. And then beyond that, it is all about reading God's word and letting it saturate your mind and become a part of yourself and your worldview. That is difficult for us to do because for many of us, The Bible is a bit intimidating, and at times we don't fully understand exactly uh, what we are taking out of it because we're not great at reading in our modern society. We, we, We do TV, and we watch things, and we watch videos, and even listen to things on the radio or on podcasts a lot more than we literally sit down with the physical book these days. At least, I think that's probably true. Is that true of most of you guys? I mean, you have a hard time finding a spot where you sit down and actually read, right? Well, how are we going to rise if we cannot find room for God's word? Let's talk about how we can find it and also how we can make a plan around it and how we can build on those things. Let's begin here 
And I want to just share with you a couple of quotes, actually three of them, all in one little slide. It said that good habits make time your ally. Bad habits make time your enemy. Isn't that true? I mean, isn't that so true? The truth is, is that if you're going in a good direction, time is on your side. And if it is not a good direction that you're going in, then it is a bad direction and a bad result that is on its way. And then success is the byproduct of daily habits, not once-in-a-lifetime transformation. And this is what I've been kind of sharing as one of the main theses of this entire teaching series on rising. The idea is not to get you to change you know, 14 things in your life or even change you know, radically six or eight things in your life, but instead get on a different path that takes you in a gradual direction that, that you can actually sustain, but you actually are tackling things that are important. And then it says every action that you take is a vote for the person that you wish to become. I want to camp here for just a quick second. I believe that every time you pick up God's word, you are inviting the eternal into your life. I believe that every time you pick up God's word, you are inviting the truth to have a bigger foothold in your life. I believe that every time you pick up God's word, there is a transformational quality to it that you and I probably don't see until after the fact. But if we will feed ourselves on a steady diet of God's word, our minds begin to change about people and things in our world. Our priorities begin to change and begin to get into flux because God's word sanctifies us and transforms us. Do you guys remember as Jesus was at that upper room table with his disciples and he began to pray to the Heavenly Father. And one of the things that he said that I quote all the time that goes right along hand in hand with this is, he said, Father, sanctify them, these 11 that are here, with your truth. And then he said, do you remember? Your word is truth. So if you desire to be sanctified, that means putting away some of those bad habits and changing some of the direction of your life and putting it on a better path, letting time be your ally rather than your enemy, doing those small incremental changes that make you more and more like Christ. It's not going to happen in a boom moment. It is going to happen piece by piece that you willfully and willingly surrender and then that you invite in into your life. The more you do that, the more life begins to change. And I've talked a little bit about this. I've talked about how difficult it can be for us to find momentum because sometimes we're good with the financial side and the professional side and the spiritual side, but the relational side is a difficulty. I think I've got some of those things on this next slide as we go to the next one. Or those things that are you know, personal and relational are good, but professionally, financially, emotionally, we're struggling. And all of these things feed off one another. But here is the truth. God's word affects all of these areas. And the more that you can invite it in, make it a part of your life. Choose to find time. Sometimes even when you're not wanting that, I, I think that, I, I don't know if you guys have heard what I've shared with you in the past, but AA, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, or NA, Narcotics Anonymous, they actually have a great saying. And they say this, 
The meeting that you want to go to the least is probably the one that you need the most. And I believe in our world, the thing that we need the most is God's word to transform our daily life and protect us, make sure we're on God's paths. But sometimes we're going to find ourselves that that is the last thing that we want to do. I mean, let's be honest. God's word doesn't have any special effects going on, right? I mean, there's no explosions or anything like that happening, so it can be hard. And there are things out there grasping for your attention and my attention, but the thing that we need the most that will transform and make the biggest difference in our life is God's word. So very quickly, let's talk about this. And this is something that I believe was meaningful for some of you. I wanted to share it again. This idea of the concept of two different sides of discipline. They're the same coin. One side says what you want to do and one side says what you don't want to do. Let's go to our next slide. Nick Saban is the, is the coach of Alabama. He's the most successful college coach. And according to him, there's two sides of discipline. There's, first of all, something that you should do but you don't want to do it, can you make yourself do it? And then the other side of that same coin, there's something that you shouldn't do, but you want to. Can you keep yourself from doing it? That is discipline in a nutshell. And it might take discipline for you, and it might be difficult on certain days to keep up that momentum, but the more that you let God's word in, the more of a difference it will make. And let me just share this with you. Today's big idea here is a great life is built on the firm foundation of God's timeless truth. A Great life is built on the firm foundation of God's timeless truth. Let's see how this plays out in our, in our world. We must plan to learn what God's path actually is. It does not happen accidentally. And then we must act on those insights and truths that we learn from God's word. And then thirdly, we must build on good starts and keep going when we fall. It is about consistency, not about doing it constantly. There will be times that you don't live up to what you want to do, but doing it consistently will change you. Let's go to this next slide. All right, can we do a little experiment? All right, let me just do this with you real quickly. All right, I, I, against all preaching advice from my professors that taught me how, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes in the middle of my sermon. Okay, so do that with me real quick, but I'm watching you. Like, if one of y'all starts snoring, I'm going to throw something at you. Just know that, all right? So close your eyes real quickly, and I'm going to walk you through an idea. In this scenario, don't open your eyes where you are, but if you can imagine for just a brief moment that you do open your eyes and it is so black that you cannot see the hand in front of your face. You guys know what I'm saying? You're, you're with me in that idea and that mental picture right now? And then you start to feel around nearby you and there is only ground under your feet, but there is nothing else that you can feel. It feels like you're in the middle of a field that you can't determine what size it is, okay? Now, you are probably like me. You're going to start walking. I don't know exactly why, but there's something about in that moment, I'm going to start walking probably with my hands out in front of me to make sure I don't bump into anything, but I'm going to start walking and I walk. And imagine for a moment that you walk 
for 15, 20, 30 minutes and you still have yet to come to a single object, single thing other than the ground under your feet that you can feel. And then finally you walk 15, 20 more minutes, even 30 minutes more. And when you do, you eventually find something that feels like a fence post. And you feel to the right and you feel to the left and you feel that it is exactly what you think it is. It's a fence. All right, now, if you would, please open your eyes. Yes, all of you, all right, yeah, all right. But let me ask you a question. If you really did put yourself in that scenario, what was the feeling of coming to that fence? There's a sense of relief, wasn't there? It's like, oh, okay. Now, I have a feeling that you would probably not get up and go, well, I know where the fence is, and now I'm just gonna start walking. You'd probably stay right there and say, this is the only thing that I know. It's my anchor point. It's going to be my home. Am I right? This is God's word in our world. If you cannot grasp or understand, let me just clarify. Man, I don't know about you, but I felt like in the first part of 2020, I felt like everything that I knew in my life, everything that I had lived for 47, 48 years, whatever it had been, was suddenly different in a dramatic and different kind of way. Can I get an amen? Can I agree? Can you agree? So I don't know about you, but one of the only things that brought me peace was knowing that God was in control, that it was going to go crazy. It was pretty clear that 2020 and the COVID and all that stuff was just going to be a mess for a minute. But I eventually came to the place where I could reach out and I could touch the edge of whatever it was. And I realized that the edge was only there because God said, Randy, I'm not going to let it go past this point. It wasn't that I had some sort of revelation, but God's word has told me that he's not going to put anything in my life that's going to keep me from serving him, loving him, and being with him. And so that's a spot that was my fence in the dark. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? If you don't have that, or if you don't fully know where it's at, for some of you, you're still doing this number where like, I, I think I'm, where, where am I? You know, you don't quite know. You're still walking for minutes and minutes and minutes on end and wondering if you're on an edge. If you don't have God's word as an anchor point in your life, and I'm not just talking about theoretical, I'm talking about real. If you don't have that, you will feel that wandering, baseless, scared, uncertain feeling so much more than God wants you to. He has said, I have come that they might have life and that they might have it to its fullest. And that includes a feeling of peace even in the midst of difficult times. Even in the midst of the world going crazy, you have an anchor point. You have a spot where you can say, this is my home and it's God's word. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are saved. Amen? And so this is where, where we have faith and real life intersecting. 
and it is the thing that should be the anchor point. And I have said, and I continue to say, there's so much we can learn from the pandemic. Not because I want to take us back to that, but it revealed some things in me that I thought were nailed down and, you know, good and tight, and they were shaking in the midst of the storm. And I realized I need to go a little deeper on some of the things that I thought I had figured out. I don't know. Is it, is it just me? Or can I get an amen on that? I mean, right? It shook you to your core. It shook me. And in the midst of it all, God's word is the truth that anchors us. I want to show you a picture. This is one of my favorite pictures. This is my sweet daughter. This is Tori. She's my oldest daughter. And um, <laughs> it's a funny thing. Uh, I have a different view of life than Tori does. It's so funny. I, I told her one day, I was like, this is great. You're, you're getting your higher education and that's going to open doors. This is going to be a great thing. And it's going to give you option after option after option after option. And I'm thinking, I'm giving her all kinds of encouragement. And she goes, dad, I don't want option after option after option after option. She's like, that's way too much for me. She's like, I don't want that. It freaks me out. <laughs> she said, I don't want 12 options. I want one or maybe two really good options. That's all I want. If you have kids, if you're a parent, don't be afraid to let God's word be that fence that tells them this is where we go and this is where we stop and no further. Because your kids are already dealing with a whole lot of stuff that you and I did not have to deal with, and they still need that boundary line. They still need that spot where you can say, wait, wait, this is my home. The idea of a foundation of God's timeless truth was not just something I, I thought sounded good. We need a foundation for a building that is worth building, if you want your kids to live a life that is worth building, then you have to prepare and cultivate and give them a foundation. And I'm going to tell you something. Sometimes your kids are going to resent you for it until they thank you for it. They will resent you for it until they thank you for it. Shelly, I know I can get at least one amen, right? Because that's happened for us. Our kids are in their mid-20s, and our youngest is in her early 20s, and the truth is is that they have come back, and they have said things to us that sounded a lot like what was coming out of our mouth when they didn't like it. <laughs> but you know what? They've gotten out on their own, and they figured out that we're not quite as stupid as they thought we were. Thank God I got so much smarter over a three-year period, right? No, because life happens out there, and there's foundations and boundaries that people need. Do you know the difference between a light like this and a laser? It's the level of focus. It's the level of focus. And you can cut steel with a laser or you can kind of blind me a little bit with a light, right? And so if you want to build something great into your kids or your grandkids or on and on that list might go, then you have to give them a foundation. And can I just say something? I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be 100% honest with you. Here is what I know. I am about, okay, I'm turning 52 next month. <laughs> Some of y'all are like, thank God, you know. <laughs> You've been looking raggedy and I didn't realize you were that old, right? Okay. 
Here is the truth. I'm turning 52 next month, and here's what I have realized. I think, I believe without a shadow of a doubt, I'm going to say about 98% of the scriptures. And then my head believes the other 2%, but my heart struggles with it. I don't know, can I get an amen on that, or am I just a bad pastor, right? Am I a bad pastor now you're saying amen? What's going on? Don't be doing that to me. But here's what I would share with you. When I was younger, I thought I believed the Bible. And now I know the Bible in a different way. Because I have tested and seen that my wisdom didn't hold up, but the wisdom of God's word did. And every time that I needed to see something change or move in my relationships or in my professional life, or in my, you know, spiritual life. I did things that I did not know that I believed. And things moved the way God said they would if I would just do what he said to do. And when that happened, it reminded me that God can be trusted even when I didn't always believe fully those things that his word said were true. And now, after I've taken them, applied them, taken them and failed to apply them and paid the consequences, I've realized that God's word can be trusted. And so here's what I would share with you. If you don't know what you believe fully with the Bible, if you're like, yeah, I think probably about 60, 70, 80%, I'm in there. Just do me a favor and do yourself a favor. And here's what I would legitimately tell you to do. Live like you believe it and just watch and see what happens. And then if you live like you believe it and do the things that it says and prescribes for you, come back and tell me later if it worked or if it didn't work. That's all I'm asking you to do. You don't have to believe like I believe. You don't have to believe on the level that I believe. But Do it and then see what happens when you do and see if God doesn't come through. That's what I'm going to ask you to do. Because I believe that God's word is something that can be trusted in amazing ways. All right. Now, very quickly, I've given most of the time to this part of the message. I'm going to hit this quick. Our big idea one more time is this. A great life is built on the firm foundation of God's timeless truths. There's three areas of focus, and I want to just talk about that. Let's go to our next slide. You guys remember this? Whenever you set goals, some of you are shooting for outcomes. Some of you are shooting for the processes. Some of you are shooting for the identity, and the identity is the one that sustains and stays. In other words, outcome would be like, hey, I want a 50% raise. The process is I've got to go travel and I've got to be hardcore in my my work habits and stuff. But if you say to yourself, I want to be a person who's capable of running this company, then you are much more likely to do those things because of who you are and how you identify and see yourself. Those are the things that sustain over long periods of time. In other words, I have a few uh, suggestions for you. Let me just talk about, could I recommend be a lifelong learner instead of a person who's going to read four books this year? You guys understand what I'm saying? There's a difference. You see the difference. Can you decide that you're going to be a healthy person instead of a person who's currently on a diet? Can I get an amen on that? I'm not even looking at you, but can I get an amen? Because... 
truth be told, your diet's going to go away and so will mine. But if I can start making those one and two and three percent changes and then build on them and build on them and build on them, I'm a whole lot better off next December. And Lord, forgive me for what I did this December. Amen. Be a person who just does stuff instead of a person who always intends to do it, but does not ever get to it. In our house, I look at my girls and I tell them, don't you dare be an Americant, you be an American. <laughs> don't tell me what you can't do, tell me what you can do. Get out there and live your life according to what you can do, not what you can't. And for a lot of people, you've talked to some of them, they have told you over and over and over what they can't do and why they can't do what they wish they could do and why they didn't do what they wish they had done. And their list of regrets is this long and their list of doing and accomplishments and memories is about this long. And you can be one of those people or you can say, you know what? There's never gonna be a great time to take a vacation with my kids but this is the only time when my kids are going to be 10 and 9 and 5. And so we're taking one, even if it only costs us $300 instead of $3,000. Just do it. You just figure out a way to do it and figure out a way to make it work. You are an American, not an American. That's a pucket thing. I don't know. If I, all right, let's keep moving. All right. Imagine that you see on a table, this right here. And you look at your thermometer and it says that the room is 25 degrees. And then you go over and you turn on the heater and it's 26 degrees and now it's 27 degrees and now it's 28 and 29 degrees and now it's 30 and even 31 degrees. Stop right there, has anything changed with the ice cube at 31 degrees? Nothing. Have things changed and are we right at a breaking through point? One more degree and guess what's going to start happening? You already know. But the thing for most of us is, is that we do things and see few, little, or no results and think that nothing has actually even changed. Can I tell you something? Knowing God's word like I know God's word, it's going to take time for it to change me. But if I will be faithful, it will be faithful as well. And it will change me. I encourage you, let God's word become a lamp for your feet and a light for your path. Even when it feels like things have not really changed, I see no visible results. Let's go to our next slide. Complaining about achieving success despite working hard is like complaining about an ice cube not melting when you've heated it from 25 to 31 degrees. Your work was not wasted. It is just being stored. All the action happens at 32 degrees. I've told this a thousand times, but whenever I was growing up, I would listen to my father preach sermons. My father preached out of the King James Version Bible, and that's the these and the thous. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And it's the funniest thing because I started preaching, 
And I had all of these things that started coming out of my mouth. One of the biggest changes in my spiritual life was when I started reading the NIV Bible because it ceased to be a chore and started to be a story. So I found a, 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 a translation that I could read and it came alive to me. Doesn't mean that that's going to be for you, but that's what happened for me. And so I started studying the Bible like never before. I started reading it and it started coming alive and it started speaking to me. And eventually I got an opportunity to stand behind a pulpit and I started standing behind a pulpit and I had these quotes in my head and I started quoting scripture. And as I quoted scripture, it came out not in the NIV, but in the King James Version. All of those years that my dad thought, uh, Randy's sitting on the back row, I can't get him to pay attention for anything at all. I can't even ground the boy and make him listen. Strange thing about God's word, how it finds ways to find root and change you from the inside out. It's an incredible thing. And it will change you, but you can't give up on if those things are being stored. And I talked about your kids since they're gone. We're talking about y'all's kids, my kids. Don't give up planting those seeds of God's truth into them because eventually that will pay dividends. But it may be that you're at 31 degrees and frustrated because you haven't seen anything melting in the ice, in the ice or in the icy heart, all right? Okay, let's just keep moving here. I, 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 am, I really am moving quicker. I talked about this last week, how it's hard to live a great life if you always choose to run away from hard things. In your spiritual life, it is important for you to do hard things. The great news is, is that you're tough enough, hard enough, strong enough, and capable enough to do hard things. Don't run away from them and make excuses for the life that you have. Instead, take on the hard things. A constant easy path leads to more regrets, more frustration, and less respect for yourself. Do you know the truth of the matter is, is that most things in life, you get back what you've given in. And the more that you commit yourself to those things, it will pay you back and you'll be amazed in the ways that God changes you. All right, very quickly. Um, here's what I want to do. Let's jump to, let's jump to the something to learn on number 17, if you don't mind. Very quickly, the longest chapter of the Bible, Psalm 119, is all about God's word. It's an acrostic poem with the Jewish letters of the alphabet starting each group of stanzas. And then in that stanza, every line begins with that letter. And so it's an acrostic poem. David wrote the psalm and it speaks about the role of scripture that it played in his life. And he was known as a man after God's own heart. If you've heard me preach from this pulpit, you know that I will tell you that David was not a perfect man, but he was a godly man. You can be a godly woman or a godly man and not be perfect, not always doing things the right way. But you have to be a person of the word if you will be a man or a woman after God's own heart. Just want to be really, really practical here. The U version of the Bible is something that you can download for free. It's on Android and it's on iPhone and it will read it to you if you're listening on your way to work. 
It is something that you can read anywhere if you're in the doctor's office and you're bored and they've got terrible magazines from the 1970s. You can still read God's Word if you have this Bible app downloaded. We've all been there. And another great thing about this is, is that it actually sends me daily reminders. So if I've forgotten to pick up God's word about four o'clock in the afternoon, it sends me something. I didn't set that. It just does. Now, I'm not sure it will do that for you, but it will probably do that for you because it just happens to do it for me. And if you're a person who actually wants to get serious about letting God's word come in rather than just simply being something that you hope for, then you can look at that, download that thing, and then when it pops up, you can go, you know what, I'm leaving work in about an hour, hour and a half, or you know what, I need a break anyway. I'm gonna stand up, I'm gonna walk downstairs or walk in the park or whatever you're doing. I don't know where you're working from, but you can go and do those things and God's word can get its way into you in that moment and it will change your life slowly, but surely, and I encourage you, make room for God's word so that it can change you. Okay, very quickly. Um, all right, let's talk about what God's word does on slide number 21. Very quickly, and I'm moving on. Identifies the right and the wrong pathways. Shows you how to avoid and handle the pitfalls in your life. Let's go to our next slide. If you read that passage of scripture, this is how you act according to God's word here. It says, I have more understanding than the elders for I, what's that word that starts with an O? Obey your precepts. I have kept my feet from every evil path so that I might, what's that O word? Obey your word. I've not departed from your laws for you yourself have taught me. I gain understanding from your precepts and therefore I hate every wrong path. If you are constantly making bad decisions and choices, I might submit to you, God's word needs more of a foothold in your life. The more that he's there, the more that you will understand what the right path looks like and the wrong path looks and sounds like. You take an action to obey. Let's go to our next slide. The other thing that God's word does for you is it helps define and develop the right priorities. And this is so important and so vital for us. We have a world that's pulling us in the wrong direction. Let's begin to do those things according to the right priorities. Let's go to our next slide here. And uh, this is, your commands are always with me. They make me wiser than my enemies. I have more insight than all my teachers. I have more understanding than the elders because I obey your precepts. And then it says, your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. And I don't know if you've ever really thought about it, but what is that word saying? It's saying a lamp to show me where I am and a light to show me where I'm going. This is God's word in your life if you will let it be. For many of us, we are living our lives as if we're still searching for that fence. But the truth is, is that God's word describes itself as a lamp for where you are and a light for where you're headed. And remember what we started off with? If you are walking in the direction of God's goodness and grace, then time is on your side. You are going in a good direction. But if you are not, you're going in a direction that is gonna take you where you do not want to be. So I encourage you one more time, let God's word be a lamp for your feet and a light for your path. 
my time is gone. So what I want to do very quickly, I want to pay off something I put in the, in the, uh, the email that went out. And then we're going to watch a quick movie. It's about three minutes long. The biggest enemy that you and I have to actually changing our life is not what you think. The biggest enemy that you and I have is actually boredom. Most of us know exactly how to lose weight. I can eat the right thing today and tomorrow, and maybe if I'm really hardcore and feeling it, I could probably do it three days in a row. But then I'm going to be bored because there's pizza out there, y'all, and tacos. And those don't fit in the right eating plan. Not most of the time. So I know what to do, but I get bored with doing what is right. Let's go to this. this there's a quote here that I want to share with you really quickly. And it's the biggest enemy on number 27. The greatest threat to success is not failure, but it's boredom. We get bored with habits because they stop delighting us. And the outcome becomes expected. And as our habits become ordinary, we start derailing our own progress just to seek novelty. You guys see what I'm saying? It is true in your spiritual life. You and I don't need a new path. We need to find the old path and stay on it. Plan it, act it, and build on that success. And then when it ceases to be novel, you say, you know what? It might not be novel today, but I'll do it for another week. I'm going to do it for another week, even if I'm not feeling it. Because the amazing thing about God's word is it promises to be alive and active in your life. And if you will stay with it when it is hard, you will reap rewards and benefits that you've never seen. Because most of us have just stopped in that same fence in the meadow analogy, you've walked for an hour and you've sat down and said, I don't even know where anything is. There's nothing out here. And you may literally only be two steps from the thing that will give you a foundation and help you to find home and peace. It's boredom for most of us that keeps us from finding God in a deeper way because it's novel at first and then we stop. Don't stop. God's word will revolutionize your life. Sanctify us, Lord, with truth. Your word is truth. Let's check.